Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. We pray that this message strengthens and encourages you in your walk with God. But um, it's awesome to be here. It's such an honor. Um, got a whole lot of family here. Woohoo! You guys are awesome. And um, friends that we've been working with for like a really long time and friends that we've been working with for not quite as long a time, but... I'm just really thankful to be here. I just feel like one of the things that I'd love to do is just honor the people that have come before us and have just like paved the way, you know, and been here and ministered um, years ago before I really ever even knew the Lord. My mom used to be on the other side in a Bible study with Sandy was one of them and Diana Ray. Some of you guys might know her, Um, but that was like long before um, some of us some of you were even around and i think about the faithfulness of god and i just want to honor them and just say you know we some of you guys weren't even alive but were in those prayers way back then you know what i mean so like god is just faithful so even things that we don't even know are going to happen yet god's already out in front of us making a way you know he's just he's faithful he keeps his promises he's just he's just an amazing god so lord we just thank you for tonight We thank you, Lord, for what you want to do here. We thank you, Father, for every single person here. And Lord, I just pray tonight that you would touch our hearts, um, that you would minister a word of life to each one of us. You are the God who is life, and you are the God who's light. And Lord, we just thank you tonight that we've come out of the darkness and we have come into the light because of your grace, because of your mercy, because of your kindness. So Lord, we just thank you for those who have gone before us who have plowed, who have paved the way. And um, we thank you, Lord, that many of us are the fruit of those prayers and that, that seeking of you. And, and Lord, we just give you the glory and the honor and the praise. And Lord, let my words be your words and your words be my words. Amen. 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 I want to start. One of the things that I felt like the Lord was saying is um, that he wants to build his church. The Lord wants to build He's, he's a builder. Everything he does is positive. Everything he does brings increase. Everything he does is to bring increase. So the scripture I want to start off with is Matthew 16. So thank you, Lord. If, uh, whew, if you need to get up and run around or whatever. I know it's been a long day. It's nice and warm in here. So just yeah. stand up, do jumping jacks. It's all good, you know. Uh, it won't distract us. But um, I want to start in verse, uh, you know, it's one of those things where it's all good. Um, This is Jesus. He's sitting with his disciples in verse 15, and he goes, who do you say that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. Like, he couldn't know that naturally. There's no way naturally that he could know that this is the Christ, the Son of the living God. It had to be something that was by revelation. Um, And so in verse 18, it says, And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. In verse 19, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. But I want to go back up. Let's go back up to 18. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. This is that in the Amplified. It says, I tell you, Peter, Peter means rock, but it means Petros. It's a large piece of a rock. 
But on this rock, a huge rock, like the rock of Gibraltar, I will build my church. It was building in on Jesus. I'm going to build my church on Jesus, on the truth that was revealed, that you are the Christ, you are the Son of the living God. That's how I'm going to build my church. And he said, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades, the powers of the infernal region, shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. And I look at the fact that we're here right now. Somebody prayed. Somebody sought God. Somebody was like, I want to see a change. I want to see, um, I want to see something happen. And as a result of that, God keeps his promises. And we're here today. You know, there are people that have prayed. And one of the things that I look at is the things that God promised years and years and years ago. God never worries about being in a hurry. He gets it done. He always gets the job done. And it's like he never gives up on us. He's always there. It says he'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's always, um, he's always doing a good work. And in Philippians 1.6, I'm going to jump around to a bunch of scriptures tonight, you guys. So... If somebody took any of the books out of my Bible, <laughs> I was listening to Pastor Dean's first message um, here, and uh, it was Nehemiah, right? And somebody had taken it out of your Bible. Yeah. It's hard to find them when they do that. But um, in verse 6, it says, Being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. So if he starts a work in you, he's going to complete it. I always, I always go back to basketball. And I, I, was, I was seeking the Lord, and I don't know if it was this scripture or another scripture, but I, um, as I was praying, I saw this picture. And I felt like, you know, there's some times where you think, but God, I've missed it for so long. You know, and I didn't, I, I didn't do what I was supposed to do, whatever. And the Lord showed me a picture, and he said, when you're playing basketball, if the ball's out of bounds, you're out of bounds, what's the clock do? The clock stops. So it doesn't start again until you get back in bounds. And I'm like, so to me, the Lord says a day is as a thousand years. A thousand years is as a day. You can do in a day. God can do through you more things than you could ever hope to do in a thousand years. Amen. And so it's like yeah. it, it, it just takes a moment. It's a moment of time. And we can trust God for a moment of time that he comes and ministers to our hearts. And that if we've ever known him if we've ever not known him um, that he is going to complete a work that he starts in us because he never quits he's not a god who quits you know we talk about you got to have faith and sometimes that might be a little bit of a difficult concept to have faith to believe in something you can't see but god is a god of faith he sent jesus here his son he sent him here to the earth to be the savior for all mankind he works with these guys one of them's a traitor and, you know, and then he's got 11 left. Some of these guys probably can't read. They're professional fishermen. They're not, you know, you know, one, one's a doctor. I mean, there's lots of different personalities and people. And Jesus left the entire message of the gospel to these guys. And he wasn't concerned about it at all. And it's like what he gave is continuing to this day. It hasn't stopped. Nothing's going to stop the Word of God. Nothing's going to stop him from building his church. What is his church? Church, the word for church is ecclesia. It's people. It's us. It's not a building. 
You know, this is a great building. It's a wonderful facility, but the church is us. We are the church. Every single person, we are the church. We take it everywhere we go. We are the light. We are the salt of the earth. Everywhere we go, we have an impact. Um, I want to go to Ephesians 2. Thank you, Lord, for the Word of God. You know, the Bible is our manual. If you want to know how something works, you've got to go to the manual, right? I know a lot of people take those instructions, throw them away when they have a few extra pieces left. Then they go read the instructions, right? Well, it's really good to start with this, you know? Um, But Ephesians 2, there's a lot in it. Um, I'm going to start in verse 4. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together, made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it's the gift of God. And it's not of works, lest anyone should boast. We are his workmanship. We're his workmanship. He's the one that builds us. You know, it's like he's the master builder. He is the one who builds things into us. Every single one of us is unique. There's not one of us that's put together the same, that has the same gifts or the same abilities, but he uses every single one of us uniquely. And it's like, we don't have to be the same. We can be different. We can be unique. We can, but we can still be sons and daughters of the living God. And we still have a job to do. We still have purpose. Um, you were talking earlier that we, we all have purpose. We all have people that we reach. And I look at my mom. She was a house, housewife, you know. She, she had um, her own business for a short time. But for the most part, she was, she was at home when we got home. And, um, but she prayed, and, and there's a lot of us that are here as a result of that today, and I think it's pretty cool. I'm like, you know what? God was faithful to her, and he's faithful beyond the grave. Why? Because you never lose somebody that passes away in Christ. They're still alive. They're always alive. Eternal life is a person. His name is Jesus. Eternal life lives on the inside of us. So when we ask Jesus Christ to be the Lord of our life, we have eternal life. We have passed from darkness into light, and we can live there forever. And so those who have gone before us, it says there's a cloud of witnesses around us. To me, sometimes I think they're pressing in around us, you know, and it's in Hebrews that there is a cloud of witnesses, you know, and they're around us all the time. And it says Jesus didn't worry about... um, he, he, you know, nothing really bothered Jesus. He is just so cool. Um, and one of the things that I, I wanted to share today is that if you want to see the Father, look at what Jesus did when he walked the earth. Every, there's so many examples of what Jesus was like and how Jesus was. And one of the things he told his disciples is, um, he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So if you see Jesus and how he works, how he operates, how he ministers to people, you have seen the Father and you know how he operates and you know how he would react. He was, um, I just looked at some of the the instances of the encounters that Jesus had and the love that he had and how, like when he came to the earth, there were a lot of people that studied studied the Torah, studied the first five books of the Bible. It was all about Jesus. Because it says the word became flesh and he dwelt among us. And his name is Jesus. He is the son of God. He came to this earth, but they didn't recognize him. They didn't recognize him. 
his own didn't recognize him. And it's like there's a lot of things that Jesus did. He broke down religion. I mean, it was like, just like I'm saying, you know, a church is not just, it's not a building. It is a church. We call it that because, it, but it's, that's a gathering place. But we are the church. We are the ecclesia. We, that's, that's us. We take it everywhere we go. But Jesus was made in the image of his father. He was the, the father was the prototype. Jesus is an exact image of him. And so everything that Jesus demonstrated when he walked the earth is a picture of who the father is. So if you want to know the father, you want to know how the father acts, you just have to look at some of the interactions that Jesus had. And, and in um, Hebrews 12, where I was at a minute ago, so we look unto Jesus, he's the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. He didn't even leave, let um, going to the cross dissuade him from, from joy. It was like he had his vision so much on the finish line, so much on the prize, so much on the goal that it was like it didn't matter what things happened. You know, I was, I was reading something today, and it was like perseverance comes by having challenges. Every one of us has challenges. How are we going to face those challenges? You know, it's like if we face them in Christ, with Him, allowing Him to walk with us through it, He will strengthen us. He will give us endurance. Endurance is going to give us patience. We're going to be able to get to the other side. There was a time where Jesus told His disciples, He said, um, we're going to the other side. So they were talking on this side of the lake. They're chatting. These guys are fishermen. They know the lake. They know weather. They know the boats. They know how all this stuff works. They get into the boat and they start going to the other side. Jesus is exhausted and he's taking a nap in the, in the boat. And these guys are fishermen, right? Nothing. They're not fearful unless they need to be fearful, right? They know what this, this lake is like. And so the storm comes up. And it's about to just wipe them out. And they are terrified for their lives. And there's Jesus taking a nap. And they go back to him and they're like, hey, we're going to die. We're going to perish. And it's like Jesus is like, guys, where's your faith? And he speaks to the wind and he speaks to the waves. And it's like everything calms right down. And it was like, didn't I tell you we were going to the other side? Didn't I tell you we were going to the other side? And it's like... When you look at Jesus, what's the promise that he's given us? You know, one of the, one of the uh, a prophetic word that uh, the Lord had given Tracy a little while ago is um, where one in the household is saved, they'll all be saved. It's called the Cornelius anointing. Mm -hmm. And we've been praying into that for a long time. It's like, Lord, you know, you care about all of our families. You care about all of our friends. And so we want to keep on pressing and ask the Lord to save not just one, but all. And um, thank you, Lord. But God is a builder and he builds up people. He will see things in you that nobody else can see. He will see things when you're not walking, maybe like you should be walking. But he never quits. He never gives up on you. It's like he's constantly there encouraging, speaking words of life, sending somebody along that's going to just say something that's going to just build into your life, give you that encouragement that you need to go the next hour, the next day, the next whatever it is. And it's like we need to hang on that. But he said, and his promise is, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you, ever, in anything. So... Let's go to Hebrews 1, verse 3. 
Thank you, Lord. I'm not going in the order I wrote this, so we'll just hang on. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Um, this is talking about Jesus. He is the sole expression of the glory of God, the light being and the outrang or radiance of the divine. And he is the perfect imprint and the very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. Words have incredible power. The words that we speak need to agree and harmonize with what God's saying. What God says over us, what God says about the people around us. Right. It's like you can pick somebody up or you can tear them down with your words. And God's a builder, you know? God is a builder. He's always like that. And um, so when he, had, um, when he had, by offering himself, accomplished our cleansing of sins and riddance of guilt, he sat down at the right hand of the divine majesty on high. Jesus didn't go to heaven till he completed his purpose. He finished the work that he was sent to do. Now, every single one of us wants to be here to be able to complete our purpose and do everything that God created us to do and to be. And he has a plan for us. And one of the things with never giving up on people, um, I want to go to Luke 15. And Luke 15, some of you guys are very familiar with this, but it's um, sometimes we call him the prodigal son. And I'm going to shorten up the, the story. It goes from Luke 15, verse 11 to verse 24. But in this, in this parable, Jesus is talking about um, a man who had two sons. And one of the sons, the younger son, he wanted everything that would fall to him. In other words, I want my inheritance and I want it now. Give it to me, Dad. And so dad did it. He counted it up. He gave him his inheritance. The kid went out. He ruined it, used it all. It says in riotous living, so you can just sort of fill in the blanks for that. So he went out and he used it all, spent it all up, and he ends up working in, in a pigsty. You know, he's, he's slopping the hogs. That's what his job was. And if you know Jewish people, they don't hang out with hogs. You know, it's just not a place to hang out. And he's like... That's what he was eating. He's eating that stuff. And all of a sudden it says he came to himself and he goes, what am I doing in this place? I'm going to go back to my dad and I'm going to tell him I've been terrible. He said, even, the, um, even those who are slaves that work for my dad are better off than I am working in this pigsty. They all have plenty to eat. So what did he do? He decides he's going to start heading back. So he heads back to his dad. And I'm going to pick it up at verse, verse, verse 20. Um, he had this all, all figured out in his head. Let's start at verse 18. I will arise and go to my father, and I'm going to say to him, you know, he's rehearsing. How am I going to come back to my dad? How am I going to do this? And he said to him, I'm going to say, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. And he arose, this is verse 20, he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. 
And in the Amplified, it says, he was a long way off. His father saw him and was moved with pity and tenderness for him. And he ran and embraced him and kissed him fervently. And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight, and I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. In verse 22, it says, but the father said to his servants, bring out the best robe, put it on him, put on a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet. Bring the fatted calf here and kill it and let us eat and be merry for this my son was dead and is alive again he was lost and is found and they began to be merry and i look at that and i think about how the father had to have been out there looking for the son so he was anticipating this son my son is coming back how many days do you think he sat out there looking for his son waiting for him to come back he didn't just say, okay, this kid is done. I'm writing him off. He's finished. He's, he took all of his inheritance. He's just, he's toast. He's dead to me. But that's not what the father did. The father was out there every single day, I would think, looking for his son, just waiting for that day, just standing out there on the hillside, just looking out. And he sees his son coming and he runs to his son. He didn't make him grovel. He didn't make him, you know, just, just come on his knees and all of this stuff. He didn't even listen to him when he said, you know, make me like one of the hired servants. Yeah. Instead, he was like, come on, you know, let's, let's just have a party for you. I'm so excited that you're here. And that to me is the way the Heavenly Father looks at us. Amen. He's like, oh, I can't wait till you come back. I can't wait till you come back. It's awesome. I don't know about you guys, but in my life, there have been seasons. And there have been seasons where I, pre-knowing the Lord, there was a season where I knew the Lord, and then there was a season after that where I walked away from the Lord. And it's like, in all of those seasons, it was, he, he just stayed with me. He just stayed after me all the time. And it was like, when I came back um, again, it was like the grace was there, the joy was there, the happiness was there. Everything was there for me to come back. It was like my father was sitting there waiting for me to come back. He didn't want to condemn me. He couldn't wait, you know? And that's what our hope is for people to share with them is like there's nowhere you can go that you can hide from the presence of God. And Psalms 139, it's like you can, go, you can go to the limits, you can go to the edge of the earth, you can go to hell, you can go anywhere, but you can't hide from me. I'll find you wherever you're at, and I'm going to love you no matter what. I'm going to hang out with you. And it's like that's our hope for everybody. Amen. It's like don't ever give up on anybody. Don't give up on yourself. You know, there was a time where there were things in my life that like I could never get rid of. Like they just followed me everywhere. And it was like you just felt like the scum of the earth and you didn't want to be around God and you just didn't want to hear from him. And then he would come along and send somebody and say, I really love you. And it would just like be like a knife cutting right into your heart. And you're going, oh, that's the last, that's the last thing in the world I should be hearing is how much you love me. But that's what you're telling me right now. And it's like that's what God wants to do to people is disarm them with his love. And that's the thing. A lot of times God is portrayed as somebody who's angry and just ready to swatch you with a fly swatter as soon as you get out of the way or get out of where you're supposed to be, right? And it's like, that's not our God at all. And what do you do? You look at how Jesus dealt with people and that's how you see what our father's really like. Um, the, another one of the, uh, an encounter that Jesus had was in John 4 and he came upon a woman of Samaria. He went out of his way for that one woman. He went out of his way. Do you know that the Jews um, 
a lot of rabbis didn't talk to women. Um, so in this story, she was a woman. She knew. She knew. She's like going, what are you doing talking to me? All right, look at, look at John 4. Um, I'm going to start in, uh, in verse 9. Thank you. Okay, this is the woman of Samaria. She's responding to Jesus. The woman of Samaria said to Jesus, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For the Jews have no dealing with Samaritans. And um, in, in the Amplified, it says, How is it that you, being a Jew, ask me, a Samaritan and a woman, for a drink? For the Jews have nothing to do with the Samaritans. Jesus set women free. First, first woman, uh, first evangelist was a woman. I mean, there were, there were women who sat at Jesus' feet and learned from him. And there was a, um, Mary and Martha. I love that story. Um, Mary sits down at Jesus' feet, and Jesus is teaching. And that's the place where the guys, the students, hung out. And so Mary's in, Martha comes in and goes, listen, Jesus, that woman is not helping me. That's her sister, you know. You can do that with sisters. She's not helping. Tell, tell her she needs to be helping me. And it's like Jesus goes, she picks the better part, Martha. You're a little bit uptight. So I'm not going to tell her that she can't be here, you know. It was so cool. And I'm thinking, you know, that was the way Jesus dealt with things. He was, he was so off the grid that that's why a lot of people from the Jewish uh, or the, um, the church, the traditional church, I guess, of the day, that's what I would call them, um, they didn't recognize him because he did things that were not the way that they dealt with things. You know, the, the Jewish rabbis, they didn't hang out with women. You know, the women couldn't do a lot of things. Jesus was like the, um, I can't call him a women, women's liver, but, I mean, he set women free and allowed them to do things that you just couldn't do um, during that time. So anyways, here's this woman from Samaria, and she's like going, what are you doing talking to me? Jews have nothing to do with Samaritans and nothing to do with women, so what's up with this? And he said, if you'd only known and had recognized God's gift and who this is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him instead, and he would have given you living water. And she's like, I'm confused. They're sitting at the well. He doesn't have anything to get water with, and he's asking her for a drink. And... Um, and this encounter he set up just for her. And in verse 16, Jesus said to her, Go and call your husband and come here. And the woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, You've well said, I have no husband. For you've had five husbands, and the one whom you now have is not your husband, and that you spoke truly. And the women said to him, Sir, I perceive you're a prophet. <laughs> he didn't tell him that. He, she didn't tell him any of this stuff, and he reads her mail to her. And, she, and he's like, he's not kicking her out. He's not condemning her. He's not doing any of the things that she would have expected. Why do you think she was there at the well by herself in the middle of the afternoon and not there at the time when all the other women are there and they're talking and gossiping and having all their times together? Because she was, she was probably an outcast. But here's Jesus going out of his way to go and hang out with this lady. Now... I mean, Jesus is no respecter of persons. So it says God's no respecter of persons, and he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he would go find this lady and go hang out with her, and then he sends her to go back to the village 
and go tell everybody else about what the encounter was like. And so she couldn't, she couldn't hold herself back. She runs to the village. In verse 39, it says, Many of the Samaritans of that city believed in him because of the word of the woman who testified. He told me all that I ever did. He knew everything about me. So when the Samaritans had come to him, they urged him to stay with him, and he stayed there for a few days. And many more believed because of his word. But they believed this woman who had come back that Jesus had taken time to explain things to and to talk to her and to just, you know, it is like Jesus was just letting her know, I know where you're at. I know what you've been through. I know all the things that you've experienced. He probably knew every one of those husbands and, and what she experienced in each situation. And uh, he didn't condemn her. Sure. He, he went out of his way to go save her. And I'm like, isn't that awesome? That's our Jesus. And it says that he is um, in John 1.18. Let me just read that to you in the Amplified. It's really powerful. Book of John 1, verse 18, it says, No man has ever seen God at any time. The only unique Son, or the only begotten God, who is in the bosom and the intimate presence of the Father, He has declared Him. He has revealed Him and brought Him out where He can be seen. He has interpreted Him and He has made Him known. So the only way to know the Father is to know Jesus. And that's how we can know him, because he manifests the Father. He is the revelation. Jesus reveals the Father to us. It also says it a little bit differently in Hebrews. And um, it's so fun. The Bible confirms the Bible. You can just go from one book to the other, and you see the thread all the way through about how, um, how God just shows you one way, two ways, three ways. I mean, he'll, he'll just keep... Um, He'll keep impressing these things on us. But I had read that earlier, the Hebrews 1.3, about He, Jesus, is the sole expression of the glory of God. He is the expression of the glory of God. He is the one who expresses who Jesus is. He, through seeing how Jesus interacted with people, we can see how um, Jesus wants to take care of us. There was a time where he was out with his disciples and he was ministering to all these people and they've been ministering and the people are exhausted. And, and the disciples are like, um, let's send these guys away. They need to go get some food. And Jesus is like, do you have anything? Yeah, a couple loaves and a few fish. And he's like, well, that, they're, they're like, that's not going to do anything. And he's like, bring it to me. Yeah. And he's like, we need to take care of these people. So Jesus didn't just send these guys off and say, well, I've had enough of these guys. They've been around me too long. You know, they're starting to, after a few days, they smell like fish. You know, it's like, okay, just send them on home. But instead, he's like, we got to take care of these guys. You know, they're going to be, they're going to be hungry. They're going to be tired. And so he had them sit them down in groups and they brought the bread and they brought the fish. And Jesus just thanked the father for it and told the guys, okay, had his disciples just go start handing it out. And it starts growing and it starts multiplying. And before you know it, 5,000 men and the women and children all ate the full. And then there were 12 baskets left. It's like he provides more than enough. You know, even when it's inconvenient, even when you think, but I'm too tired. I can't do this. It's like Jesus goes out of his way to do things for people and take care of them. And it's, um, and many of you guys, if you would just look at your life and some of the things that you've done, 
It says we were created in His image. When God made us, He created us in His image. And we do things in our lives that are representative of who the Father is and how Jesus walked the earth. There are gifts and there's callings that are in our lives and those are without repentance. That means He never takes them back. Whatever He gives you, He never takes it back from you. He entrusts it to you, gives it to you. Every one of us was uniquely made. Every one of us was put together uniquely and He knew all these things and He's out in front of us before we ever even get to tomorrow. He's already there. He's already working for us. God has a plan and His plan is for good. That's what it says in Jeremiah 29, 11. I know the thoughts that I think towards you. I know the future that I have for you and it's for good. It's for hope. It's for a future. He wants to give us a future. Yes. He always has a good plan. God is always out in front of us. Do bad things happen? Absolutely. But He'll never leave us and He'll never forsake us. Are there heartaches? Are there things that are tough to deal with? All the time. But we have to persevere. That's right. And we've got to, instead of trying to do it ourselves, we need to realize it's by the grace of God. Yeah. It's not by our own efforts. There was a time where I was in a job and I really felt like I was supposed to leave that job. And um, it was a long series of things. But um, the Lord got my attention. He told me, um, and when I say that, I mean, I had an impression, um, a perception. And this perception was, uh, the Lord gave me Proverbs 10:22. I was working in a job and I, that I didn't want to start with. I was working in a brokerage firm. And I thought when I moved to, from Marietta to North Carolina, that I was going into the ministry and that's all I was ever going to do. I was like, I don't want to do anything else. This is what I think I'm supposed to be doing. And the first thing I did is my friend um, Bernita drove me up and down the road and said, get a pen and paper and start writing down the telephone numbers of where it says help wanted. And back in that day, way before some of you guys were born, um, there used to be help wanted signs where they needed workers. And I think we're back around to that again. And so I'm writing all these numbers down. Yeah, we're back around to that. I'm like, wow, if you live long enough, you'll see it again. Um, <laughs> so I got a job and I was, I was working this job. I worked two, three jobs, um, did a lot of things. I was working at the brokerage firm and I didn't want to be there in the beginning. And um, I just felt like I had such an impression that where you're at today is not where you're always going to be. There's more opportunities. You're never in a dead end. There's always hope in God. There's always, there's always a hope in a future. And so when he said that to me, I stopped fighting against where I was at. And I started saying, I'm just going to embrace it. I'm just going to start enjoying it. And I was loving it and I was having fun. And then the Lord opened up a door for me to, to join Bernita in a tax business. Well, I was loving my job at that point, you know, so I was like not really on board with wanting to switch. And so um, they wanted me, I, I had told them I was going to quit for a year. I only worked for three days, but they allowed me to continue to get the same salary. And I was like, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Um, and so then my boss came to me and said, we really need you to be here all the time. So um, I agreed. I'll come back. I'll work five days a week. And I felt like the grace of God lift from my life. I was like, oh, I feel miserable. I'm like, man, I was afraid to go out of the house in the morning. You know, it's like, this is dangerous. And so I was driving to work and I heard the scripture, the blessing of the Lord, it makes truly rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. Neither does toiling increase it. 
And what I got out of that is by the arm of the flesh, you can't make it any better than what God's going to make it for you. If we will allow the Lord to lead us and guide us, because it says that he does that, he will go before you. He'll make a way where there is no way. If we will follow that path and if we will stay on that path, there is nothing that we can do by the arm of the flesh, working, um, you know, 10 jobs, doing whatever, that's going to make it any better than what the promise is that God gave us. And so when we know that God is for us and we believe that, and we know that God is out in front of us and God is making a way where there is no way. And we can trust him in that. We're going to start to see things come into alignment. Right. And it's like he will give us an endurance. He'll give us an ability to go through the storms, to go through the adversity, to go through those things. And when you get to the other side, your trust in him and the sweetness of his presence is so much greater than it ever was before. It's like, I've been through this, and I know that God is faithful. I've been through this, and I know that he's going to be there when I get to the other side. And it's like, God really wants you to know that he's building. And what he builds, he continues to build. And he said, the gates of hell are not going to prevail against it. Whatever hell can throw against the church, whatever it can throw against you, because we are the church, it's like it can never stop you from accomplishing what God has for you to do. It may look different than what you thought it was going to look like, but we're not in charge of that. He is. And so he's going to give us what it takes to accomplish the purpose that he's called us to accomplish. And so if you've taken some U-turns, um, gotten off the path, done some of those things, which where I've been, it's like there's always hope. There's always the ability to turn back. The father standing on the hillside saying, come on back. This is awesome. Not only that, but he's running after you. Yes. Thank you, Lord. He never give up on you. He's always there. He's always going to be there. And if you want to know who Jesus is and you wonder who he is and you wonder what the, what, who, who God is, what is, what is God like? All you have to do is read these testimonies, read these stories, read these things about how Jesus interacted with people and how he took care of them. He met their needs. He cared about how they felt. He, he was there for them. He said, I'm never going to leave you. I'm going to take care of you. He'll take care of your basic needs as well as the greatest needs. Mm -hmm. And it's like he's, he is always there for us. All we have to do is call. So, um, oh, I just appreciate the Lord. I know that, uh, that he's here and I know that he moves on hearts. I can remember the, when I was in college, um, my roommate was dating the sports information director. And so he invited us to go to a church service with him. And so I was like, I'd never been in anything like that before. And I walked in and they started playing this music and it was like, whoo, I, I didn't know what hit me. It was like the glory, now I can define it as the glory of God. The presence of God was in that place. And I felt it in a way that I never felt anything like that before. And um, it made me, hungry. It made me want to want to search out God. And so I got, do you guys remember Good News for Modern Man, those little, those Bibles yeah. that we used to have? Yeah. I had one of those and I used to hide in my room in college and I would read that book. You know, some of my friends would come like, whoa, what's wrong with that? <laughs> and I would like, I would just, I just try to read some of it, you know, and it was like the Lord just kind of kept pulling me and reeling me in and uh, he knew what it would take and he worked with me for years, and I'm just so thankful that he never quit. Yeah. And I just want to tell you, God is building something here. I really believe he wants to build. He wants to build people. 
He wants to encourage people. Um, he never, like he didn't attack anybody in here other than religious people. Yeah. Religious people that didn't want to let people in, that didn't want to participate in, um, you know, the, some of the things that Jesus knew needed to be done. Those are the things that really got him fired up. But as far as people were concerned that were in sin, he said, I didn't come for the good. I didn't come for the well. I came for the sick. I came for the sick to call the sick to repentance, not, not those who are well and think they're well. And um, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's doing the same thing now. He wants to build a church. He wants to build you. He wants to build the people around you. He wants to touch the people you love. He wants to draw them to himself. Why? Because he wants to take care of them. There's not a person um, that can fill and fulfill every need that you have. There's not one person alive that can fulfill your every need. There's not one person that knows everything that you need or how you even think all the time, how you process things, how, what you need. But Jesus Christ can do that. God wants to do that for you. He wants to be there. And then you don't put the pressure on somebody else to be your all and in all and all of those things. You can't do that. It's like the only one that wants to be number one in your life is the Lord Jesus Christ, period. He is the one that can meet every need. He is the one that can fulfill everything. And then the relationships don't have that stress of, you got to be my everything. It's like, no, you can't do that. But you will walk with me, you know. You can walk together as one. And it's awesome because we both serve the Lord. And so as we serve the Lord, it's like he draws us closer together. God is the best marriage counselor there is. It's like as you draw near to him, you draw near to one another. And it's really pretty powerful. Um, there's nothing that can come between that. So, Father, right now, I just thank you for this time. Lord, I thank you for the people that are in this room, and I ask you to bless them. Lord, I thank you for those who are not here yet that are going to be here. Lord, I thank you for Pastor Dean and for Pastor Becky and the pastoral staff. And I just thank you, Father, that you have put Marietta on their hearts. You have put the people on their hearts that they want to build. They want to build people. They want to pour out on this community the love of God, that they have a vision and direction and insight from you to do that. That, Lord, you have called them um, to come and to do a work here in this city. And, Lord, I thank you for every single person in this room. If the Lord was moving on your heart, if you just felt like the Lord just tugging on you, I just, wanna, um, I, I just want us all to pray um, this prayer if we, if we could. And so um, it's very simple. It's just a matter of believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. And so I just want you to pray with me. Jesus, Jesus thank, you thank you that you went to the cross for me, that you took all of my sin, all of my shame, all of my shame. On, the cross. on the cross. And Lord, Lord you came to save my life. I believe in you. I ask you to be my Lord. Stay with me, Lord. Walk with me, Lord. Lead me and guide me into the way of truth. I trust you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. I am born again. I am a child of God. And he loves me. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor Dean. Appreciate it. It's awesome to be here with you guys.
Thank you so much for being with us today in this service. Now listen, during this service, if you have been ministered to, there's something that happens when the Spirit of God begins to move upon a person. He begins to draw us unto Himself. And I want to tell you that today is a day of salvation. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you've accepted Him at one point in time and your relationship is no longer where it needs to be, then I would ask you to simply repeat this prayer with me. As we pray, I just repeat it with me and let's believe God. He is so faithful and He is so true. Just pray this prayer with me. To say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and as my Savior. I repent of my sins. I ask for your forgiveness and your blood to wash me clean. I walk away from my old life and I walk into my new life. Thank you, Lord. I am born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Now listen, if you've prayed that prayer for the first time or if you've rededicated, please comment, let us know. We got some material for you. We would love to absolutely get this into your hands so that it would help you and strengthen you in your walk with the Lord. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. If this message has blessed you and you would like to give financially or you would like more teachings from Senior Pastor Dean Wagner, please visit www.theriverfcc.com.